Amen. Right on. Thank you to, uh, there you go, lights. There you go, guys. There you go. Give it up for, for Hunter back there, young man on the lights. He's real young. He's like 17. It's hard for him to see things. You know, he's back there. Do you, got, do you need your bifocal or whatever they are? Do you? <laughs> I'm just messing. That's my guy. Um, thank you to Scott Hope for letting us film him throughout the week there and just follow him on location. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Scott, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Hey, so we started a new series called Better, and um, I want to say this up front before I say anything. We're going to talk a lot about uh, better and improving, and uh, certainly don't want this series to be self-help because, you know, a lot of times uh, you take really spiritual, uh, Holy Spirit-filled biblical principles and we water them down into a way that it's the self-help. You're essentially then doing it all by your own. You're not doing it by God. And, uh, and so I don't want that to happen. The other thing I don't want to happen in this series is I don't want people to think, hey, we're trying to set a culture over the next four weeks of this series where we are setting ourselves up to have this understanding that we're Christians and we're elite and we're better than anybody else. That's also not the point of the series. And so uh, I do want us to take a look at some principles, though, where God says, I do want you to be better. I do want your life to be better. And uh, there's things in scripture mentioned like where God says, hey, uh, if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, you're the head and not the tail. And uh, so what it is saying is like when you follow the principles and the successes of God that he's laid out in your life, you do live the better life. Now, again, this isn't me coming to you and saying like, hey, we're going to learn how to be elite and learn how to be better than everybody else, but to have life better. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And so the problem that in, in my biggest pet peeve uh, when I was a youth pastor is I hated it when young people so full of potential measured themselves based on essentially their nearest competition. So a young person would fail or he'd have a frustration or she would or whatever. And I come to and say, oh, you're better than that. You can do better than, uh, well, you know, why did you do that? Well, so-and-so does this. And they measure themselves based on the bar of somebody else who essentially did life like they do. So that person in that school or that person in this thing and so, or whatever MTV says they're doing or whatever, whatever. And so they would measure themselves at this low level instead of going, hey, you can do better than that. God's got better. For you. And then they measure themselves. You're right. God's called me all the way up here. Amen. And, uh, and so, you know, when I stepped out of youth ministry, I was like, well, phew, certainly now that I'm with the adults uh, and I'm not in youth ministry, they're going to be older and more mature. And certainly they will not measure themselves to the lowest bar they will most definitely keep themselves to God's standard and never just, you know, settle for what the world says culturally, right? And that's none of us in here, amen? But all of a sudden you realize that that's a tendency that all of us fall into. And, And that's probably a danger, and even in the keeping up with the Joneses, we measure ourselves based on those around us instead of, what does God say? How can we be better? How can we be our best? And so that's what I want to look at is uh, let's not measure ourselves to culture or to what the other world or what the other church or what our neighbor, let's not measure ourselves based on that. Let's measure ourselves based on what God's word says we can have and do instead of just keeping up with the Joneses or anything else. I made a statement a couple weeks ago that says, God is not looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to be progressing. Amen. God's always looking for us to be better. 
the scripture talks about how, hey, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I don't want you lukewarm. I want you to be in a progression towards my best for your life. Amen. And so uh, there's things in our life that we need to understand. You know, God is looking to make us better and grow us and increase our life. And, and so he wants us better. He says things like you're called to be better. I've come to give you life. John 10, 10. I've come to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Give it to you better. So that's not routine, same old, same old. God constantly wants us, the scripture says, going from glory to glory, increasing better, better. You're the head and not the tail. How many you know some tail people? That guy's a real tail, <laughs> right? Uh, we don't want to be the tail people. We want to be the people who are looking to be better and act better and love better and forgive better. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 60 says this incredible thing. It's a very famous, of course, prophecy over Jesus being the Messiah. Uh, but if it was spoke about Jesus and he did it, how many know that it's our call to be followers and be in the likeness of God. And so we follow in this same thing, Isaiah 60. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. How many believe that can be even right now in our culture? Number two, it says, Darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. How many would say that could probably apply to our culture as well? Uh, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. What's awesome about this scripture, and a couple of things I want to break down, is the scripture says arise and shine, but one of the translations or meanings there is to stand up and to stand out. So God is saying, hey, I'm calling you to be a people who live your life in a way that you're standing up above culture. You're standing out above the current society. And again, that's not an elitist thing. That's just saying God has come. And when I put his principles and things into my life, it causes me to stand out and stand above the thick darkness in this world. Amen. And what I love about this terminology, which we'll look at here in a minute, but it talks about the brightness of the dawn and that people will come to your light. Those are all positive people drawing type things. Amen. And so what I love about this scripture too, is it says that notice it said that the Lord rises upon you and the glory of the Lord appears over you. Notice it didn't say it's over the pastor. Notice it didn't say it's over the church. Notice it didn't say it's over the music. It says that God does those things over our personal lives. You can own that about your life. The glory of God is rising on you and it's settling and it's on you and your family and your bank accounts. Amen. All the things that you put your hand to. So God has called us to stand up and stand out. The scripture is talking about how in these last days, and I believe we live in those times. I'm not one to write a book and tell you how in the next 760 or 666 days, God's going to be, I'm not into all that end time stuff. You know, my opinion on it is uh, it's really kind of a waste of your energy. You should just work like crazy to get people to go with you instead of tell them about when it's going to happen. Amen. And, uh, and so in the last days, uh, God is looking for some people willing to stand up and stand out. And I believe this. That the world, I want you to hear this point, and this is why it matters for us as a church and it matters for you as a people. The world is drawn and looking for people who are willing to stand up and stand out. I take a look at culture and I see these celebrities and I see these people and I just think, my God, how can people follow them? Well, what they're following is their boldness to just take a stand on something. Amen. 
And, and too often we try to hush the church or we try to hush a statement or a culture. We say, oh, you got to sit down. But God is, the culture is looking for us to be a people who are willing to stand up and have a stance and have a backbone about something. Amen. And now, obviously, and we'll get into it here in a minute, but it's in love. So we love to say, whoa, the church is going to have a backbone. And that thing that, that, that we think that means get up on a soapbox and put our finger in people's face. When I'm talking about having a black backbone, I'm talking about being a people who don't quit going to schools and loving kids. Amen. I'm talking about being people who have a backbone to be in their communities and serve and love and forgive and not, re- you know, amen. And so it's important for us to understand that the culture is drawn to people standing up and standing out and having a say in a passion for the things of God. Scripture says that we will be known. The scripture says that the disciples, how will we be known that we are his disciples? It's by our love for people, our love for one another. Notice it didn't say that, oh, you'll be known that you are his disciples by your great lectures, by your great statements, by your great bumper stickers that you put on your car. No, it's by our love for one another. It's being people like this is saying, we're standing up, we're standing out, we're shining in darkness with our love for one another, with our love for our communities. Amen? I thought about this. That's easy to amen. Like, yeah, we love love. I love love. Love is not love love. But true love is defined. And if, if you hear anything I say today, I want you to hear this. Love is intentional. And love is defined. So if I pulled, uh, you say, oh, you know, we have a great marriage and my husband loves me. And, and if I were to say, okay, how do you know that your husband loves me? Or loves you. I hope he doesn't love me. Well, maybe he does. I don't. Ha! Oh, my gosh. This week has been so... I, I can't bunny trails. I don't have the time. But anyway, so, so here's the deal. How, how do you know? How do you know that you have... So if I came up here and I asked you, you would clearly define the intentional things that help you understand or be comfortable with that person's love for you. You would say, well, I know that this and this, and you could clearly lay out the ways that they haven't given up on you and they love you and they believe in you. How come it is when we talk about loving the world, we just say love, love, love. Well, how does the church love the world? Well, we just love, we love. I wish that the church could clearly define the ways that we intentionally love people. The problem is we just want to throw scriptures on people. Here's how, here's how we're going to love you. We're going to get you right. We're going to throw you this, or, or we're going to invite you to church. I mean, you know, you don't fall in love by just going on the date. It's what happens in the date and in the time that causes you to be in love. Just coming to church isn't going to be what causes you to be in love with God. It's God being a part of your life in the way that you think and act and be that's going to cause us to love others. And amen. Are you with me? And so we have to stop just throwing scriptures on people and say that we love them. Oh, we do this and we love and we love. We have to clearly articulate and define how we're going to love people. Well, how is that? It's when we show up at the mission. It's when we show up and serve. It's when we, amen. And so love is intentional and love is defined. And so if the scripture says you'll be known that you're his disciples by our love, I believe that's an action word. Okay. So people, the scripture says, that people will come to your light. People will listen to us based on 
and, and this is going to be a slippery slope, but people will come to us and listen to us and we will gain influence with people based on, you could say, your performance or what we're projecting. It says they're drawn to our light. Our light is something that we're shining. It's like something that looks excellent. Amen. So it's important for us to realize, if you look all throughout Scripture, you got to understand this, that the natural mind, the way that we were born sinners, it doesn't understand the spiritual world. So as much as it's impressive that you understand all the Bible and you understand all the, you have all these, most common people that need God don't understand what you're even talking about. What they want to know, the light that they want to see on your life is, do you love your kids? Do you love your wife? Are you nice? Are you a nice person? Are you a good neighbor? You know, are you mean to me in the grocery store? Did, amen. Anybody real life? They don't care about what you know about this and that study and this, that, and your They want to know, are you, are you a nice person? Do you have a light on your life that I care to look at? Amen. And so it's important for us. Again, you want to stand up and stand out. It's not going to be by all the deep revelation that you spew. It's being a people that have a light on your life. Now, I'm all for uh, revelation and sermon content and an understanding of that you need that. Because really, you probably can't be a great light without that. But it's not going to be what causes us to stand up and stand out and have people be drawn to the glory of God on our life. Amen. And some people, you know, you're even now, you probably have a hard time with me saying that. But if all you do, how many know the scripture says it? I'll just clear it up here. It says you can, you can prophesy, you can speak with the tongue of angels, you can do all those things, but if you have not love, it's but a clanging symbol to people. we got to have love and light on our life, amen? That's why the Bible, a lot of people that God chooses, they spoke very highly about the excellence and the light on their life. Scripture says about David that he played his harp skillfully. It says about Daniel that in him was found an excellent spirit. He had God in his life, but he was also a person that people were drawn to. Why? Because he had excellence in his life. He had a good light on his life. Amen? If we are going to attract people of the world and, and, and live better and do things better in our communities and in our churches, we have to be a people who understand to have a light on our life. We have to be excellent. We have to take this thing seriously. Amen? The scripture says about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it said that their countenance was fairer, meaning they took a stand, but also about their life, they had a light on their life. They had a good posture about their life. I mean, you know, we've seen enough run-down, crazy Christian television, right? Uh, I'm, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> Somebody said that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Leave it alone. But we have to be excellent about what we do. How many know this story? And I can't get into the whole thing, but scripture talks about how the queen of Sheba, we're talking about standing up and standing out and having a light on our life and doing things better and, and being better in our communities. The scripture says about the queen of Sheba that she went into Solomon's house. And the scripture says in leaving there, she said, wow, look at all this excellence around here. Look at this light that's on your life. And it wasn't, she was wowed. She wasn't wowed by the, the nice things. She wasn't wild by like, oh, look at, they're like real rich. They got nice stuff. What she said, what she noticed was the light on the life in the presence. She said, wow, happy are thine servants. Look at the happiness on the life of these people. There's a light. Look at them standing up and standing out. Look at the influence that they have. Happy are thy servants. She also said, uh, look at the excellence and spoke of the excellence of the building. Why? Because they were intentional about representing the glory of God in their lives. 
everything that they were giving, they, they, they stewarded well. Why? Because it displayed the excellence of God's glory in their life. Amen? Happy are thy servants. I wonder if the world took a look at our Facebooks, if they would leave there saying, dramatic are thy servants. <laughs> None of us. I'm not talking about us, of course. I'm talking about that other church over there. But, uh, but for real. I wonder what people say when they leave times with us. Man, just look at the excellence of the glory of God on their life. I'm impressed. Look at them stand up and stand out because of what God is doing in their life. I'm drawn to that light. Or is it, man, those people need a shrink, right? Amen. Why do you think one of the first things we put in our church was a counseling center? People are messed up. Just kidding. I go to a counselor, so just get over it. I'm just messing. Somebody, I'm offended. Offended are thy servants. <laughs> Guys, we're going to use second service for the video. Just We're going to put that out there right now. <laughs> I'm messing, but I'm being serious. She's walking through. She's saying, wow, look at this. People will be drawn to your light. It uses all this extravagant terminology about like, wow. Look at the, and, and I'm just going to exaggerate, but look at the influence and look at the leadership and look at the excellence and look at the passion and, and, and look at how they pray with passion. Look at how they lead their families. Wow. Happy are thy families. Happy are thy bank accounts. Happy are thy neighborhoods because the glory of God rests on them. Stand up and stand out. That's how we'll influence communities. Amen. I'll close with this. It's important for us to realize this thought. And we talked about it last month. But God, I want you to get this. As much as the Bible is the most important thing you can be involved in or have in your life, active in your life. God gave us scripture. God gave us amazing things. But God still chooses to display his glory in people. The Bible's amazing and people read the Bible and they get revelation and they get set free. But God still does moves in communities and on this earth through people. And so that's why we talked about last month. It's important for us to realize that the scripture says we're living epistles. We're telling stories of the goodness of God. How do you want people to see that God came to give us life and give it to us better? It's when we in our lives have the glory of God on display and we display that there's a better way to live. Amen? There's a better way to love our wives. There's all those things are when we display those things because God still chooses to use people to display his glory on earth. It's God's design to use his goodness in your life to draw people to him. Some say, I don't know. That's how he does it. He always uses people. You can go all throughout scripture. And, and people walk in obedience with him and God blesses them. And it raises them to standards in culture where it's obvious that God's hand on, look at all the kings, look at all the blessings. And go all the way back to the beginning with Abraham. They were the wealthiest at their time, scripture says. So you go Abraham and you go all these people and they were raised to places of influence. Why? Because when they were in obedience with God, they spoke of the goodness of God and it was the best influence you could have in your community. So same thing in our life. God wants to continue to do that. Bless you so that you can be a blessing to others so that God's goodness is displayed. Why is it important that we live the better life that God called us to? Because it displays the goodness of God for all the world to see. And it's what sets people free and it's what heals people. Amen. And so it's important. 
That's why the scripture says, guys, go ahead and throw that up there. The famous city on a hill scripture. We'll find it in verse 14 here of Matthew 5. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. If you're living a better life, if you're living the way that God's called you to do, I mean, it's important for you to display that. Stand up and stand out is what the scripture says. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. That's what I'm talking about. God has given us this light to shine, to bring glory to God so that they can see. We don't do good deeds so that we look good to others. We look at ourselves. We do good deeds so that we can display the goodness of God. Everything we've been blessed with, we display by giving back and loving others. And then God increases. Amen.